everybody, thank you so much for tuning in again. I am so grateful and so happy to be here with our next guest for the month. This person is someone who coached me last year and who just brought so much light into my life, who brought so much self-assurance, reminded me of my self-assurance, reminded me of my confidence constantly, and really brought me to a place of of getting out of my head, of getting out of needing instant gratification and needing outside validation. And I am just so, so happy, so lucky to be able to sit here with her and have her share her story with you all. So we'll get started right away. This is Sandy Vo. Hello, Sandy. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I know I can't believe that it's been over a year now since, has it been over a year since we've worked together? Yeah, we started in February last year. Oh my yeah. gosh, I just can't believe how much has happened within that time frame. I know, up and moving, up and growing. So I just want to start with a little introduction, some fun facts about you before we get into the deeper stuff um, so that everyone knows who you are. So what would you use, three adjectives, to describe you? Hmm. Compassionate. Mm-hmm. Goofy and the next word that comes up is um i would say innovative and what i Mm. mean by that is i just like to do things differently and i honor not knowing what it's going to look like and that's okay so i'm sure we'll kind of get into that in today's episode as well yes and i can speak on that too i think you're so innovative i think that the way that you work with your clients is completely unique to the coaching industry in general. And so what is your kind of in this podcast world, what is your favorite podcast to listen to? Oh, I honestly have not listened to any podcasts in a really long time. Again, like that's the thing with just like, I like to zone in to what I'm being called to teach, but I do have moments where I'll resort to some podcasts. Um, Let me try to think of the last one that I listened to. I would say the last one that I remember listening to was um, oh, Alan Watts. I, I love listening to his talk. And I think that podcast, let me see what it's called. Um, but I love how he talks. He dives a lot deeper into spirituality. And I just love grounded spirituality in a way that isn't uh, as new agey as it is today. Yes. And yes. Alan Watts is a really wonderful embodiment of that. Well, my app isn't loading, but. That's okay. We can, we'll search Alan Watts. Search Alan Watts and you will absolutely be able to find the podcast that I am referring to. Okay. And so still with media, what is your favorite music? You can say a song, genre, artist that you just feel gets you moving and grooving that gets you to your, to your you. Yes. It really depends on what the mood is, but I love, I feel like daily I'm listening to Soul Rising, which is this guy that just produces really nice atmospheric this uh, rhythmic music that just gets you into a zone. And Mm -hmm. I love that there's no um, lyrics or anything in that. And then I love Trevor Hall as well. And some of the songs that he produces, I love music that just 
is is resemblance of the divine and it gets you back to remembering who you are and sometimes i find that through 90s music and in sync and backstreet boys it really just depends on the mood and and kind of where where i'm at on that day and what i'm looking to experience i've actually seen some really beautiful dance pieces to trevor trevor hall music which is really fun yeah and you know lately i've been loving um justin bieber holy i love i haven't heard it you haven't heard that song oh my no. goodness it's Justin Bieber and Chance the rapper but I've always been a, a Justin Bieber fan I just love I just love him as um as an artist and he's just so talented but yeah I love I love that song holy as well so yeah sometimes I go deep on the spiritual end and sometimes it's like it's that song sometimes it's country music it really just depends yeah exactly just tuning into your energy and matching that exactly let's we're getting into it now so let's share with everybody what goal or what dream is currently on your radar wow i haven't been asked this question and i've been doing a lot of podcast interviews so hmm, for me i would say the ones that are the most present and and coming is um a home that for zach and i and our family in this next chapter of our lives i obviously would love to be a mom. Um, I think that it just gets you to tune into parts of your divine feminine that, you know, are not present when it's just you and when you have to mother, you know, a child. So that's definitely a, a dream um, that will be turning into reality and a home. And I would say writing a book. So it's something that I'm actually doing right now. I've been writing a book since September and um, I can't share the name right now, but as of November, the name uh, came around to me. So it's just been full body chill moments with, with that book and the, the calling that's coming through there as well. And just seeing how things are lining up to support me when I'm not planning it has been really beautiful too. So yeah, just having this book that I'm writing for um, multi-generations, not just our generation, but the generations that are coming in the future. Uh, and getting them to get back to their own inner wisdom. So it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very powerful book. That is so exciting, Sandy. I mean, you always have something, something going on and this I haven't heard about. So I'm so pumped for you. So within writing this book and within having the stream of, of this family and being a mother, something I get into deeply in the first episode of this podcast is that when we're looking for that outside validation, that instant gratification, we start learning how to only trust other people and we start losing trust within ourselves. So I wanna ask you just that straight up question of, do you trust yourself and how have you built up that trust? Oh, yes, so much so, so much so. Mm -hmm. And you know, this has taken a really long time to get to, and I absolutely am not perfect every day. I do not trust myself in every moment. And I'm really grateful that I have a divine partner who just mirrors things within my unconscious mind to me and knowing me so well that can show those, those experiences for me to recognize, but self-trust is a journey. And I've definitely gotten to a place where I can trust myself with a lot more conviction. I can make decisions based on what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. I can disagree with things that are out there that just do not resonate with me. I can speak my truth. I can set boundaries when I need to. So that's really how my journey has eventually come to right now. But with 
where I used to be was absolutely not in a place of, of self-trust. I used to do things simply because I thought that that's what it had to be. You know, I had this whole experience within the, the fitness world where, um, you know, it was 2012 and it was the very beginning stages of Instagram having just started. And at that time I had created an anonymous Instagram account to start sharing my fitness journey. And I started to get into health in the sense of extremities. I used to go on every different diet that there was and document it and talk about my vulnerable journey and how I was navigating through depression. And, you know, fitness was saving my life at the time and all these things. And while they were true, these were things that I was doing because I thought that being happy meant like you have to look a certain way. You know, if I become fit, if I have a nicer body, then more people are going to like me. More people are going to literally like my content. They're going to like me. And if more people like me, then I'm going to like myself more and I'm going to be happy. And so, yes, I was constantly seeking for that outside validation from other people. And eventually it got me to a place of complete burnout and my health had just completely went downhill and i got to this place where i was experiencing depression i didn't have any energy left to do the things that i desired to do and that's what led me to my spiritual path and led me to learn meditation so eventually it was through these past years of deepening my meditation practice that has helped me to establish more self-trust, but my journey did not start that way. Mm. And that's what makes it even more, even more, what is the word, gratifying, right? Now that you're in this space of, oh, I'm writing this book, right? Bringing it back to your dream. Do you, do you have, obviously there, like you said, it's not a full trust 100% all of the time, but let me know what you feel with your trust within your book and also within being a mother. Where, how does that kind of correlate right now? Yeah. So when I'm talking about trust and, you know, the 100% and sometimes it's not there. So here's what I mean by that. So there's two different kinds of self-trust. There's the self-trust that is of the lower self, of the personality the ego, our preferences, our likes and our dislikes, it's our humanness, right? There's that level of self-trust. And then there's a higher level of self-trust, which is, you know, the S with a capital. And that yes, is the self. divine. That is our our, our higher self. That is um, the divine that is within us and without us. And, you know, sometimes we can not have that lower self-trust, but that higher self-trust is always it is always there it is always present and it takes you to remember that and also to let that hold you like have the trust in the divine enough to hold you while you begin to explore what your lower self is trying to do what are some of these um, doubts that you have that are coming up or what are some of the ways that you are deeming yourself unworthy. You just kind of get an opportunity to look at your lower human self and, and begin to establish those levels of self-trust. So for me and my journey right now with writing my book, I would say in the beginning, like by beginning, I meant 
the beginning of last year when I first had the inkling that I was going to be writing a book this year and I received that download oh my gosh like there was a whole wave of <laughs> of not not having that trust there like the the lower self-trust was was not there I um you know and the reason why was because I think oftentimes when you have that higher calling come through I mean it's the first thing that the mind does it resorts to you know first like yes this feels so amazing this is my calling this is what I'm meant to be doing I can feel it in my body but then afterwards the ego kicks in and the ego's like oh but how am I going to be able to do this like you know how am I going to get this published how is it going to reach on a you know a global basis how is it going to get translated to all these different languages like I'm seeing in my head all this stuff right and then eventually through being held by that higher self-trust and knowing that it's not up to me and it's up to the divine and the plan that is unfolding, I can actually allow myself to be held in that and actually nurture myself to a place of having that self-trust and ask myself, okay, what would it look like to just take the next step? Mm -hmm. I don't need to know the whole way, but what would it look like for me to just take the next easiest step? And it was through that experience that eventually in September, um, I knew that that was around the time to start writing my book and I had created all this space on my calendar. I had worked with my my team to change my schedules up so that I could have a lot more free creative space. And then sure enough, in September, I started writing this book and the first chapter that came through, I read it to my family and I just remember everyone being quiet for a moment. And then mm. they just could tell that they were in deep reflection. They were like, wow, like that was good. It was it just hits you and that and every time i read it back and again and again i'm learning something different and that's the kind of book that i want to write the book that is timeless you know so i think in the beginning i had all these thoughts around i wanted it to be a new york times best-selling author because again that's what i learned that is a thing it's a thing mm -hmm, that's what's right yeah selling author right that's like success everyone's right that's success and that's is to be on the new york times best-selling author list but i'm like what does that mean anyway and does that really belong to me and then when i look at my bookshelf and i look at the books that i gravitate towards and that i pick up they're timeless books that have not ever even been on New York Times bestselling list. Mm. And the ones that I do have on my shelf that are New York Times bestsellers, I don't end up finishing it. And I notice that and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> so what book am I trying to write and for what reason and what is my intention? What does it mean mm -hmm. to be a New York Times bestseller? So when I started detaching myself from that type of deep programming of what it should look like and I started to trust what this process was going to look like, it allowed me to step into that space of innovation. How can I be different? How can I honor my uniqueness? How can I honor my, um, you know, the, the parts of me that might not, I might not see in society and just mm -hmm. allow that to express itself, especially if I'm writing this book for the future generations who are going to be very multiracial like I am. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're, we're mixing more and more and more as we evolve, right? All of our cultures are coming, kind of coming together, um, kind of coming into one. Whoa, I have chills. I'm so excited for you. I want to go back to, because I love that you talked about being nurtured in your higher self. Um, for somebody who is listening in and wants to be able to start getting into that, just like some literally two the two quickest little tools to start really becoming nurtured for, 
from that place, what would you say those two tools might be? Yes. So if you find that you're constantly seeking outer and instant gratification and outer validation, what I would invite you to do is start to develop a more loving and connected, intimate relationship with yourself, with your body. And some of the simple ways to begin to do this is by moving your body, turning music on based on the mood that you want to experience or the feeling that you want to have. Mm-hmm. and then move to it close your eyes and just move to the rhythm of it and don't think about what it looks like don't judge yourself along the way just allow your body to move the way that it desires to move and as you're doing that you begin to feel your body more maybe you hear it speak to you you know how many of us take the time to slow down and allow our bodies to speak to us so once you're doing that touch yourself you know that's something that i share with my students and my clients that creates a sense of self-nurturing. Like if you were to fall as a six-year-old child on your knees, what would your mom do? Your mom would come up to you and say, baby, oh my goodness, are you okay? And she would probably touch you and soothe you while you're crying. It's the same type of motherly loving that we need to offer back to ourselves. So when you're in pain, can you hold yourself and touch yourself through the pain? When you're feeling sad, can you hold yourself and touch yourself in a soothing, gentle, compassionate way through the sadness? And when you do this, you're allowing yourself to acknowledge and become more aware of your body and what it's telling you. Second thing is, get into meditation and begin to establish a 60 second meditation practice. Um, I think sometimes we think that it has to be a lot and a long time, but all it does is, you know, if you focus on 60 seconds at a time, your mind and your body, your nervous system is going to begin to become very relieved and then you'll feel more centered. And it's a great way of understanding who you are at a deeper level. And if I were to define meditation, it would be the practice of understanding yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 And we worked on that too. And, and that has changed the game for me, everybody. I establishing literally one minute, 60 seconds of a meditative moment in your day, it changes the way that you look at your the next steps of your entire day. And it changes the state that you were in into the state that you um, kind of are going to be in and and you decide and you can choose what what your day is going to be. Thank you thank you so much for for those tips and tools and anybody if you're ever interested in more of leaning into meditation and leaning into all of this beautiful work that uh, Sandy's talking about, please check out her stuff. She has so many incredible programs built up for that purpose built up to serve you and to connect you back to yourself so please do that okay one last big little thing you mentioned that you hopped on social media and started your started your account for fitness I just want to know because I know this is something so many people resonate with with the idea of social media and everyone is seeking external validation and likes and comments and shares and, you know, getting their worth from, from a number. So how is it that you, I know you went through your, your meditative journey, but I guess what would be the advice you would give to someone who is really, really caught up in that? How can they either, do you think it's a slow process of weaning yourself off or is it a rip the bandaid off kind of situation? What would you have as advice for someone who is in that and stuck in that right now? 
Yeah, I teach all of my clients to slowly, slowly weave it off, but it starts through the inner work that you do and beginning to find the validation within yourself. So I know for me, I I, I literally was forced to shut down my accounts um, and, and I knew that it was a thing that I had to do. So when I uh, was growing my, my account and I was also going through all these mental health um, you know, experiences, I shut down my account completely and I gave myself space to tune into more of these practices. But mm -hmm. if you're finding that you're in this addictive pattern of seeking outside validation through likes and followers on social media, it starts with these simple practices of, you know, not opening your phone first thing in the morning and then sleeping with your phone at night. You know, when you're first waking up in the morning, what's so beautiful about that time is that it's sacred and it's you with your own fresh thoughts, like the dreams that you've had or didn't, it's just your own silence. And then if you start by opening up your phone and taking in all this other noise, you can feel super calm. Then now your world feels rocked because it's the first thing that you're doing. So sometimes I think that we don't recognize how addictive these patterns can be if mm -hmm. we're so close to it, right? So part of recognizing some of those patterns and rewiring it is to give yourself a little bit more space from it. And it starts by just keeping your phone away from you first thing in the morning and just get into that 60 second meditation practice. Be with yourself. Notice how it feels to receive love from yourself, to receive your own likes, to plug into your heart instead of plugging into the phone to offer yourself compliments, to give yourself time to rest, to be rooted, to be centered in who you are. And as you do that and you give yourself that sense of validation first, what happens is you start to show up in the world with a, a different sense of worthiness and, mm -hmm. and conviction and just confidence in who you are. And confidence isn't about, you know, putting your nose up in the air and you know, being super abrupt and short and poised. Confidence is an inside job. And it's when people are confident with themselves, they don't have to be loud. They don't have to mm. shout it from their rooftop. It's just mm. something that's very, it's very obvious because it's your presence and your energy. So that's really what I would invite for you to do. Oh my gosh, it is so, these Zoom interviews, I just want to be like, yes, yes. <laughs> but I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I just resonate so deeply with all of that because that is a journey I have also come through and feel like you know I'm kind of starting to see the other side of and 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 I can't stress that enough everyone the more that we tune into and lean into our authentic confidence um, and that confidence of self is is what changes changes the programming that we've that we've had um, Wow so as we, you know, shift out of this external validation and instant gratification, what are three words that you would describe once you start shifting out of that and connecting to your to yourself? What are three words that would describe what happens next? Like what happens when you are validating yourself and all of and enjoying all of it? What what happens? Oh, are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> You begin to live an orgasmic life. Woo! Yes! And what I mean by that is when I talk about orgasms, I'm not just talking about, you know, that peak state when you're having sex or making love. I'm talking about being so in love with that moment that you're just like, mm, this is good. 
You know, it's like when we're having conversations and you're hearing something and it lands with you, you're like, mm. when you're eating food and you're putting it in your mouth and it's, it tastes so good and you're savoring every bite of it. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm constantly moaning while I eat. And sometimes my fiance gets embarrassed when we're eating out and you know, that's, yeah. or even when we're making love and it's being so deeply in love with yourself and your life that every moment feels orgasmic you're in it you love it and uh it's a it's a completely different experience and that orgasmic relationship begins to leak out into every facet of your life so now your relationship with work is going to feel orgasmic in in the container that you show up with with your clients you know every single call that i have with my clients no matter how hard their situation might feel like if they feel like it's the end of the world by the end of our session they leave feeling like they're back to their root and their center and they feel lighter but then i do too and you would think that as you know someone facilitating this type of work that i would absorb so much of that energy but we're just alchemizing that energy and at the end it becomes a great experience for me and it becomes an orgasmic experience when it comes to money. You know, we have so much tension around the topic of money. There's so much shame and guilt around receiving more money. So when you start to create this orgasmic connection with yourself, it then leaks into your relationship with other people, life, and then your finances too. And you start to have a completely different relationship with money than you've ever had before. So your entire life shifts and changes and you're experiencing orgasms all the time, friends. Like who doesn't want to live that kind of life? Seriously, really, truly. I mean, just that, that peace, that serenity too, that, that we don't necessarily talk about that happens in, in that state of orgasm, in that state of, of pleasure, of intimacy. Like we think that those are only supposed to be moments versus the fact that they can actually be our entire existence, right? Exactly, wow. exactly, yeah. Wow, 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 okay, and so we're wrapping this up and closing off, just anything you wanna leave our listeners with kind of as they're, as they're going through their day, inviting them to tap into something, something specific for the day, what would that be? I would say take time to slow down and receive more you know when someone's giving you a compliment can you say thank you i received when someone is opening the door for you can you say thank you i receive when your body is telling you hey i'm tired i need a rest can you just rest and receive that rest when you are feeling tense and uptight and your body's telling you, hey, I wanna move, I wanna dance, can you receive that moment? So for so many of us, you know, it's really comes back to, can you receive? Can you just receive the abundance that is available to you in this moment right now? Can you receive the opportunities that are literally right in front of you right now, waiting for you to become aware of it? And if you can say yes to all of that, if you can practice teaching yourself how to receive, then you're just going to live a very orgasmic life. That's, that's true. You heard it here first, folks. This is where this is where your orgasmic life begins. I love the title for this podcast. Yes, <laughs> where yes. Orgasmic life begins. Oh, oh, that's it. Ne that's the ne that's your next book. Okay, Sandy, that's your next book. You can you can use that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sandy. This was so beautiful, so needed. And I, I appreciate you truly from the bottom of my heart, from the 
the highest part of myself and everybody please make sure that you check out just check out sandy's stuff go ahead and get into that juicy juicy info and education that she's offering yeah sandy thank you thank you so much thank you so much for having me and i look forward to connecting with each and every one of you and of course always offering more juicy information to help you live your best life thank you for tuning in everyone and as per usual there are so many amazing useful beneficial tools to start using today to start living that orgasmic life that sandy and i were talking about it's not far away it's right there in front of you you just have to connect back to your heart back to your highest highest self all right we'll see you later last guest coming up next week nos vemos Mwah.